Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Uninformed Podcast. This week, I'm your host. I'm the Informed, and I'm here with three uninformed hooligans named Jared. Hey, I'm Jared. Sorry, I forgot my name. <laughs> it's all good, man. And Jonah? Wait, did you say Jonah? I did. I did say Jonah. Oh, that, oh, that, that that's me. So, that sorry, I, I forgot my name, too. No, it's okay, man. I, I know it, though. I remember your name. All right. And that's it. Just kidding. We have one more. We have Zach. Wow. Hey, I'm Zach. I know that one. That's Good. an easy All right. one. All right. I'm going to say a statement like I always do. Okay? And that's going to kick us off. I know you guys like my statements. Maybe not. I don't really care. I'm going to say it anyways. Here it is. To solve global warming, we just have to play a massive real-life game of Jenga. Okay? Oh, ah. boy. Interesting. Oh boy. So, so I'll watch where you pull the pieces, I guess. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That's good. That's good. That's good. Oh, All right. Nice. So this week, I don't know if you could guess from the cryptic message, but it's a bit of a, not a filler episode, but just an episode that's kind of a holdover for the one that I want to do, which will be my next one. But this is like a building blocks to get us uh, there. It's like a stepping stone, so to speak. Mm. All right. So. Without further ado, our topic this week is energy. What do you think of when you hear the word energy? I'm starting with you, Zach. Energy. Yeah. Ooh, uh, what if I, I think said of what? What if I said this person's giving chaotic energy? Chaotic. I think of craziness, uh, absolute madness, uh, uh, chaotic energy. I'm trying to think of what you're trying to allude to. Mm. Um, well, you, you've already said enough. Basically, okay, that right. is not what we're talking about. Okay. That kind of energy. We're talking about a different kind of energy. What, like um, solar power? Or yeah, we're going to talk about gases? actual like, what? like physics energy. Oh, like kinetic and uh, potential, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. So the definition, the physics definition is the ability for something to perform work. So an example is if you pick up a box – you know, you want to put it onto a shelf, right? The box obviously can't magically float up. It needs energy added to it. So you use your muscles, of course, to pick up the box and the muscles get the energy from the food you ate, which then I guess ultimately gets its energy from the sun. So energy comes in a lot of different forms. I mean, I'm sure you guys know a little bit of this, but just to get everyone on the same page for my next topic, which is not this week. Um, but yeah, so going back to that box example, while you're moving the box, it has kinetic energy because kinetic energy is the energy of movement because you're physically moving it upwards. And then at the end, when you place it on the shelf, of course, it's not moving anymore. So that energy went somewhere and it was converted to potential energy. It just means that it's sitting higher. And another example, think of two guys on bikes, one at the top of a hill, one at the middle of a hill. Of course, the one uh, at the top, when he gets to the bottom, he'll be going faster because he started with more potential energy. Really basic stuff, just so we're all on the same page. All right. The other concept that we need to know for this topic today is power. So energy and power, they're closely related, but they're different, of course. So if you remember from the speed podcast, <clears throat> if you have a change in distance over time, that's a speed. So for instance, two runners on a track, if they're both running one mile, if one does it in 10 minutes, one does it in five minutes, of course, the five-minute guy has a higher average speed. He does it twice as fast, even though they ran the same exact distance. In the same vein, 
that change in energy over time is power. So let's take two people deadlifting at Planet Fitness. Uh, the me one and Jared. You yeah, me yeah, and yeah. Jared. Yeah, perfect, yeah, yeah. Perfect. That's so perfect. All right. One of you two, <laughs> I won't say which one, but one of you two lifts, uh, let's say, I don't know, 150 pounds. Me, Jared. In one I'm second. Scared. One second. Okay. The other person lifts the same weight, 150 pounds in two seconds. Oh, no, that's me. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Never mind. Jared's the weaker one. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. So it would take you one second, him two seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. So the amount of energy that you guys put into it is the same because you lift the same weight up to the same heights. Let's just say you guys are the same heights. Um, are you guys the same heights? I think no. I got a quarter inch on him. No, no, no. Jared's way oh. shorter than I am. If you look at his driver's license, if you look at his driver's license, he's at least a quarter of an inch smaller than me. No, I don't think no, they no. rated that uh, precisely on driver's license. Jared, what's your license say? Well, we choose our height on our license. Mine says six two. Uh, mine says six. Mine says six two too. Did you feel good about lying to the federal government on your license, Jared? At six one and three quarters. Did that make never, you feel good? They will never know, man. They will. They will. Know. You're only get They're coming too. after you right now. Oh, yeah. As soon as this thing, as soon as this bad boy gets uploaded, uh, they'll know. They'll know. <laughs> they'll know. Right, watch your back. All right. But anyway, so you guys, in this example here, you guys lift the same weight, of course, but one does it in half the amount of time. So uh, that's energy over time. That's power. That basically means that one of you used double the power, even though the same amount of energy was used. So another analogy is like uh, a hose and a bucket. The power is the amount of water uh, coming into the bucket. And then the amount of energy is how much water is in the bucket. So like you can have a slow drip, fill up a bucket or uh, turn the faucet all the way on and fill the bucket up really fast. If this bucket is the same size then you ultimately have the same amount of water. And in this analogy, the same amount of energy, but the rate at which you filled it up was different. And that's just power. Okay. All the boring stuff out of the way, but not hey, really the boring stuff. Yeah. Okay. So let's say I am deadlifting or let's just say I'm doing bench press. Let's make it easy. Sure. So yeah. let's say I do, you know, concentric, I push it up and then my yeah. eccentric bring me in down. Let's say I do yeah. 15 seconds. I'm going to, in my mind, I'm using a ton of energy, bringing this down for 15 seconds. That's exactly yeah. the same as someone bringing it down normally. So in engineering and in science and stuff, you have super idealized versions of things just to present a concept. In reality, weightlifting is more complex than just lifting a weight because there's muscles and biomass and like lactic acid and all that stuff. So there's, there's a lot more complexities to it. But if you just had literally a box that got lifted and brought back down, um, that's the same amount of energy used, whether it gets lifted in two seconds or 10 minutes. Okay. But yeah, and, and the human body, like, your lactic gas is building up. So you're, it feels like you're, you know, doing a lot harder work, but physically speaking, it's the same amount of work, no matter how fast you do it. Okay. Cause it's work is just force over distance. So it's the same amount of weight, which is force. And it's the same distance, which is your arm extension. Um, but there's a different power level. You're doing a different power level with the different speeds. Okay. Okay. All right. So, um, there's units. You guys know about units, uh, the scientific unit of energy is a joule. It's just named after the scientist. But you probably haven't heard of that. You've probably heard of more common units of energy called, you know, calories or BTUs. If uh, you know, you look at air conditioners or maybe kilowatt hours. If you look at your electricity bill, um, calories is a good one because it's food. It's actually not a, a calorie for food is actually not a calorie. It's actually a kilocalorie. But 
just the nutrition industry shortened it to, to calorie. Um, but capital C, that's how you can tell. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. So uh, this joule here, which is the standard unit of one unit of energy, it's called a joule. Um, the actual definition is the amount of energy required to apply one Newton of force over one meter. And you guys probably aren't familiar with those uh, units. So I've converted it conveniently for you gentlemen. So that is the same as lifting a 10 ounce steak up to the standard American table height of 30 inches off of the ground. Mm. So you go to Outback Steakhouse, you drop a 10 ounce steak, you pick it up. You've uh, imparted one joule of energy onto your steak. Very nice. All right. The other <laughs> unit of measurement is power, which I... Uh, briefly mentioned already and the unit for that is watts named after james watt and one watt is just one joule per second so if it takes you one second to pick up a steak up to the table that's one watt uh, and if it takes you two seconds then you do it slower that's half a watt and if you pick up two steaks in one second that's two watts uh basic maths quick maths quick maths um but there are of course other units of power uh you guys probably have heard of horsepower because that's what most Americans know as the unit of power and horsepower is uh, 745 Watts just to get a little bit of context. Another one's kilowatt, which is a thousand Watts. Um, okay. Now we have all that boring crap. We can talk about the more exciting stuff, which is still not exciting yet. It's still more boring stuff actually. <laughs> all right. I'm going to give you some common power ratings. So we all know, what an Amazon Alexa is, right? That little thing that just stays on. It does not use much power. It is very uh, efficient. It doesn't, it really just sits there, right? That uses four watts, four. Um, an efficient LED light bulb. You might have, uh, you've replaced all your incandescents with those LED bulbs. That's about five watts, very low. Um, those bulbs that you replaced, the incandescents, they're about 60 watts. Now, let's talk about us. We can ride bikes, right? Everyone here can ride a bike. Oh, yeah. Maybe, yes. Zach, can you ride I a can. bike? Yeah. Have you ever ridden one at the gym and you see the readout on the screen? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the stats on the screen, yes. Yeah, they give you an actual power rating that your body is putting into the system. And uh, I don't know how strong or fit you gentlemen are, but a common bicyclist can produce 100 watts of power sustained on a bicycle. Oh, wow. I like to hit 120 watts because I'm a freaking baller. <laughs> you but, are a beast. Yeah. yeah. It's true. But a pro cyclist, which maybe is more close to you, Zach, they can produce 400 watts. So four times the average. Wow. Uh, so that's, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. But it's still actually not as uh, intensive as running. Running uses about 900 watts. So almost double. Um, it, but a toaster like to toast your bread in the morning, it uses a thousand Watts or about one kilowatt. thousand Watts is one kilowatt. Um, we can keep upping the power. A window AC unit is 1,500 Watts. A space heater is 2000 Watts and a dryer can use up to 5,000 Watts. Or so what kilowatts. I'm hearing is running is 900, which means if I can just produce 100 more and carry bread on me on my runs, <laughs> I can make some tests. That's what I'm hearing. No, I knew, see, I knew someone would ask this. You can't because that, that's what it takes to move your body. You'd have to pick someone else up and make them run at the same speed as you. Then you would be imparting 900 watts in something else because it takes that full 900 for your body to move. So uh, all the other, 
so you have no other energy to put into anything else. Whereas a stationary bike, there's like a, a video and maybe you guys have even done it at like the science center where like you pedal on a stationary bike and it's hooked up to a generator and you can see like how much it takes to power a light bulb or run a toaster. And they had a, they had a, a super athletic, you know, pro bicyclist pedal as, as hard as he could uh, and hook it up to a generator and basically toast his own bread. And he was like sweating at the end of it. He was like exhausted. And I think he toasted like one piece of bread for like 10 seconds or something. Cause wow. it's, you know, it's a thousand Watts. That's a, that's a lot of power for a human to produce. But anyways, yeah. So dryer, it's, it's like one of the most intensive units appliances in your house. It, it uh, draws uh, five kilowatts or 5,000 Watts. Okay. So let's just, uh, let's, let's take a small AC unit. It's summertime. We got to run those AC units. Let's say it uses a thousand Watts, right? And we run it for one hour. It, you can calculate the amount of energy it uses. You just multiply it to that's one kilowatt hour. Easy enough. Let's say you run it all day. That's 24 hours. So that's 24 kilowatt hours. That's a decent amount of energy by running the AC all day. In fact, if you look at the average energy usage for an American household, it's only about 33 kilowatt hours, which means if you're using 24, just to power your AC. Uh, yeah, that's not too much energy left over to, to be below average. So um, now in reality, of course, ACs are not on all the time, even if they're at uh, high power setting, they're, they're not at you know, hundred percent working capacity. They have a, a cycle that turns them off and on. Um, but still there's always going to be other stuff on your house. You know, if you have a TV on, for instance, for four hours, that's almost a half a kilowatt hour. If you have your dryer on for only one hour, we talked to a dryer uses a lot of energy. That's uh, five kilowatt hours. So that's a lot of your 33 budget. Um, so I, I did a little research on my own energy usage and in my small apartment, because I don't have a lot of appliances and it's pretty small, I only use about 15 kilowatt hours of energy per day, which is half of the national average. So I'm pretty energy efficient, guys. I'm pretty, I'm pretty green. I don't know about you guys, but I'm just like, I'm just really cool, I think. You right. do have a green thumb. So. I do. I do have a lot of plants, which <laughs> actually that's, that's what we're going to be talking about next. Oh, wow. But so your electric bill is pretty low. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you want to talk about electric bills? Yeah. I'll talk about electric bills. How much is electricity? Anybody know the average cost of electricity in the U.S.? Oh, geez. Per month? No, per kilowatt hour. Oh, per kilowatt hour. That's how, yeah, that's how electricity, that's how your utilities are, are paid for. Yeah. You get you three cents. Three cents per kilowatt hour. That's not bad. That's not a bad guess. I would I'll say... go five cents then. Even closer, Tish. And I'm gonna go Somewhere. about a uh, hundred and seventy-one dollars a month. <laughs> that's that's very close. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, the the average cost across the U.S. is fourteen cents per kilowatt hour, Oof. and we talked about the average house uses about thirty kilowatt hours per day. So if you multiply fourteen cents by the total energy per day on average, which is thirty kilowatt hours. It's about four twenty per day, four dollars twenty cents per day. Blaze it, um, but like everything else, it's a little bit more complex because there's like peak and off peak hours, which I'm sure you guys know about. But basically, that means you know when everyone gets home after work, they you know use all these appliances, charge things, turn lights on, TVs, um, and electricity demand is high, higher than at night, for instance, when people are sleeping and typically things are all off and it's cooler, so you don't need the AC. Um, 
that's that's uh, that's when the electricity companies, you know, bump the rates down because less people are using it. It's just called off peak hours. Um, so if you want to charge anything, typically you want to charge overnight because it's cheaper. Um, OK, so let's zoom out even more. So we talked about individual things. We talked about the house. If we zoom out even more to the country, the entire country in 2021, this is the United States, by the way, we're based in the U.S., um, it used about 4,000 billion kilowatt hours of electricity. That just basically means we use a, a lot of, of power. Um, but of that number, 60% are fossil fuels, right? 20% were nuclear and 20% was renewables, um, so basically 40% was non-carbon emitting and 60% were. So are carbon emissions bad, you may ask? I know that Zach likes to think that carbon emissions are good. So he supports the coal industry, right, Zach? Oh, uh, well, uh, I support uh, the best clean use of energy and uh, least expensive and affordable energy. But you got to live at the same time. So I guess slightly I do support it. That's good. That's good. That's good. Cause 60% yeah. of it is, is, uh, uh, non-renewable, which is good. So yeah. like you said, um, you got to live, right? Exactly. Um, so in order to live, we cannot have super high levels of carbon dioxide, unfortunately. Uh, there's two sides of that, however. So is, is it bad carbon dioxide? You guys all know about carbon dioxide, right? We've heard it in the news. It's very politicized, but it's really not political at all. Basically, we emit carbon dioxide. We have carbon in our bodies. Plants need carbon dioxide. If the earth didn't have carbon dioxide, it would be a frigid wasteland. Carbon dioxide is very important. We need it. So why is it bad that if we produce too much of it, you know, all these uh, environmentalists are upset about it? Well, like anything. My mom always told me too much of anything is a problem. So that's why. That's exactly right. That's, I couldn't have said it better myself. Wow. Everything is a delicate balance when you're dealing with life forms. So, um, yeah, like I said, we need to have some carbon, but of course, having too much can lead to a global temperature rise and acidic rainfall, toxic smog. Close lines across the globe change. It can cause carbon dioxide poisoning if it's left unchecked. There's uh, been studies done where we have people in a room and it's sealed off and they pump up the carbon dioxide levels to a thousand parts per million. Right now the atmosphere is at like 400 parts per million. So they over double it to a thousand parts per million. And it does, it has the same effect to people as, you know, lowering their IQ. It just, it's called a carbon dioxide poisoning. So of course that's way much, that's, way way higher than what it currently is but just uh just an idea of what can happen also too much of anything like jonah said is bad for you too much oxygen you can also uh have oxygen poisoning so um but uh, another case is go ahead i was sorry i was gonna give you or have like a side note i guess i was gonna ask you if it is beneficial to actually talk to plants since from what you said we do emit carbon dioxide when we breathe out that's true so is it that's true like how what did you have uh facts on that or do you know anything on that i was just no, curious well, i know there's a mythbusters episode where carrie talked to plants and tori didn't talk to plants and the ones that got talked to ended up growing better oh wow Interesting. remember that episode of mythbusters 
<laughs> uh, vaguely. It's been a while since I've seen the show. Yeah, but you, you're <laughs> on the right track, though. Like uh, botanists, people that have greenhouses, they actually pump in extra carbon dioxide to where it's like not unbearable, but just way, way higher than the atmosphere um, mm -hmm. inside of a greenhouse just so that the plants can thrive. Uh, huh. Yeah, because... The, yeah, they, they actually plants thrive in it in carbon dioxide levels that are four to five times higher than the current atmospheric levels. So they, they wow. like all the extra carbon dioxide. But of course, humans don't. Humans are not good in that kind of environment. So we yeah, do definitely, we yeah. do want to put human life in front of plant life as as a general rule, just a, just a general rule. But yeah, so the other thing about carbon emissions is that uh, they come from sources that are typically non-renewable. They're finite. You know, we don't have infinite amount of oil in the ground so that was that whole thing is just a little bit of an aside trying to get to the whole renewable energy thing um which is basically what this whole talk has been leading up to <laughs> renewable energy so does anyone have an idea and you're probably going to be wrong i'll bet 50 dollars on it the greenest state in the u.s in terms of their energy production california yeah that's wrong but that's a good guess yeah that's what most people would think Alaska. No, see, I, I didn't think it was California, but then the way you said that made me think, all right, it's probably not what I think. You got me with that reverse. Oh, uh, dang. My bad. Mm. Well, I would say, uh, uh, I don't know, Alaska or some like Oklahoma, Nebraska. Yeah, it's going to be none of that. Kansas? Or no, no Montana. Montana? Nope, not a Midwest no. state. Although we'll all talk right, about so we got Midwest five. States. It's not far. We're down to 45. Yeah, you got 45. You got 45 chance. I'll cut your losses. I'll tell you what it is. No, give no, hold on. Hint. East Coast. Give us hints. Let's figure coast. it out. It's East Coast. It's East, East coast. coast. So Maryland. It's Northeast. Oh, so Maine. Maine. You guys are close, but it's Maine. not good. Uh, Massachusetts. Vermont. Connecticut. There you go. You said it. Vermont. Yeah, it's Vermont. Nice. That was, Verm was going to be my second guess behind California. Yeah. I don't know about that, but yeah. So Vermont. I just, I just said it fifth. That's all. Uh, Vermont uses, uh, Vermont has two thirds, 66% of its energy comes from solar, wind, or hydro. Um, that's the highest of any state. So they're technically the greenest, but they also pump in uh, electricity from Canada since they're so close to it. Um, but our friend and Zach's favorite person, or maybe greatest enemy, Big Daddy Joe Biden, uh, he Oof. has a goal. The U.S. carbon dioxide emissions by 50% by 2030. So right now it's at 6,500 tons of CO2 per year. He wants to cut it down to 3,500 tons of CO2 per year, which is quite a lofty goal since that it took the past 10 years to cut it down only uh, 900. And he wants to cut down an extra 3,000 in the next 10 years. Uh, so yeah, that's a bit of a lofty goal, but there's been infrastructure bills time of this recording. There's the whole build back better plan, the infrastructure bill that the Congress is passing. And of course that includes a bunch of changes to everyday American life. Some of those changes include electric heat generation instead of gas generation uh, for heat, mm -hmm. electric cooking, which already a lot of people have electric driving electric car ad uh, adoption and many others. Uh, but with an ever greener lifestyle, the U.S. grid will have to handle a lot more power than it does now in the next 10 uh, years or so. And analysis say 40 to 100 percent more, which is essentially just doubled what it is. And in a lot of places, uh, the grid is already at its max capacity. Uh, so that kind of 
is a big problem, regardless of the energy source. And the goal is to get, of course, more greener sources of energy. But regardless of the source, the grid will have to supply that energy that's generated to American homes. And right now, the grid is nearly at its capacity. Um, and with the amount of energy doubling over the next 10 years, there's, there's obviously a problem there. So the problem mainly in lies with transmission. So getting the power from an energy source to an American home will change dramatically over the next 10 years, especially since we're uh, switching to more renewable sources like wind and solar. So with wind and solar, I don't know if you guys know this, but some of the best places to harvest wind and solar energy is not the coasts where it's cloudy and rainy like Pittsburgh, but rather the Midwest where it's flat and windy and it's relatively clear weather. That is where wind and solar have the greatest potential to generate energy. But of course, that is not where most of the people live in the U.S., in the Midwest, since that's kind of a wasteland. I just drove across the country in a box truck moving my old roommate, and we drove 50 hours total, and about 40 of those were in the middle of nowhere in the Midwest. So, uh, yeah, there's not much going on out there, but there is a lot of potential there. So the question is... Getting that energy from the middle of the country out to the coasts where people actually live and also the south, that's a huge infrastructure problem. So currently, that's not really able to be done. So the current transmission lines, they're nearly at their capacity. A bunch of new transmission lines would have to be created to supply people with energy. And that takes that's a long process. The whole energy crisis, I'm sorry, the whole energy transmission process takes 10 years where the actual generation creating these new plants and everything might only take one year. So if we want to have a completely different energy infrastructure in the U.S. by 2030, which is eight years from now, we need to start building all these transmission lines now. But that is not the only issue by moving to renewable energy. Okay. So the other problem in this equation lays right in front of us with this old saying. They say that the sun don't always shine and the wind don't always blow. That just means that solar farms aren't only generating power, they're only generating power for a portion of the day. Likewise, wind is only blowing for a portion of the day. So obviously when the wind is not blowing and it's nighttime, there's gonna be very little energy production. But when the sun does shine and the wind does blow, there's an excess amount of power that gets generated and we can't use it. So the solution is what? It's to store the excess energy when it's created and then access it later when the production is low, but the demand is high. This area of engineering is called energy storage, and it is quite a developing, rapidly developing area of engineering. The whole field is trying to find a cheaper way and more efficient way to store massive amounts of energy for any length of time. On a small scale, we use batteries. You guys all know what batteries are, right? Sure do. Definitely. Sometimes you can energize them. Double A, triple yeah, A. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Double A, triple A. Every, almost every letter of the alphabet. <laughs> no, we don't use C's. <laughs> oh, we don't. We only use D's. Oh, Maybe double D's. D's. Ah, um, I wonder batteries. why. But yeah, so on a small scale, of course, batteries alkaline batteries like you guys are mentioning and then also lithium ion batteries all of our consumer electronics wherever weight and energy density is a priority they use lithium ion you know phones tablets computers laptops stuff like that uh, but like wherever weight's not a priority for instance cars having a less advanced heavier lead acid battery it's sufficient it's fine enough you know it's not as energy dense as lithium ion but 
cars don't need to save that extra, you know, a couple few pounds there. Um, on a larger scale, lithium, I, lithium as a metal is very rare and expensive and it can be dangerous. It's really reactive with oxygen. It's very combustible, combustible. So it's not ideal for mass energy storage, but it still does exist. I.e. Uh, Tesla has a, I think it's like a mega I think it's called mega pack. They, basically it's just like a, it looks like a massive set of transformers, massive set of boxes that just have batteries in it for uh, mega storage. There are other ways, of course, of storing energy. Um, there are other battery chemistries that uh, scientists are finding that allow cheaper storage and with less rare metals like iron, for instance, and they're a lot less dangerous too, but they're heavier and they're bigger. There's also other solutions like thermal energy storage, where you heat something up basically with whenever you have excess energy and then you store that heat. And then when you need that energy back out, you cool it down and it releases energy in the form of heat. Um, so there's other ways, but those are not, I mean, they might be, I don't know, who knows, but they, they're probably not the future because currently, well, they're definitely not the present because currently 96% of the world's energy storage is hydroelectric. Um, so that just means think of two massive reservoirs, one higher than the other. Whenever there's excess electricity, they'll pump the water from the low one to the high one against gravity and then store it up in the higher reservoir. And then whenever uh, extra energy is needed, for instance, nighttime or at peak hours, um, they can run that water back downhill through the pump and spin it. And then that generates electricity. So the water uh, is, you know, running the pump backwards, essentially. So yeah, that's gravity based. That just uses gravity. Everything works with gravity. It does not have to be water. In fact, there are uh, a lot of new emerging uh, energy storage techniques using gravity. And one of them actually uses blocks, massive blocks. It's a company called Energy Vault. And they use a huge ass automated crane to raise and stack large blocks in a massive game of Jenga. And whenever there's excess energy, it pulls the blocks up, makes a massive tower akin to like, you know, skyscraper, that kind of size of scale we're talking about. And then whenever energy is needed, it destacks the blocks. The blocks come back down. And as they fall back down, it's the same concept as the two reservoirs of water. The gravity pulling it down will uh, generate, ener generate energy whenever the demand is high and the supply is low. So this is really a round way of saying that the whole renewable energy problem, which is linked to global warming, can be solved as long as we find a way to store the energy that's created before it gets used. And one of the ways we can store it is using a massive crane that plays a massive game of Jenga to store massive amounts of energy in giant block towers. And that's all I have for you tonight, folks. Any questions? I definitely have a question from that, Shfiel. Shoot um, it, bro. So... The uh, end, not, not necessarily the end goal, but like the loser of Jenga pulls a block and the tower falls down. How does the crane ensure that the tower does not fall down? Do they just calculate and pick a certain point where it's stable, even if they pull the block and then move it up? Or how does that work? Yeah, it's not actually like Jenga. It's just like a stack. Oh, it's just, yeah. So okay. you, just pull, you just pull off the top. Oh, gotcha. Okay. It, it just keeps sense. stacking them like this. And then when, oh, one, okay. when they need the energy, it pulls off the side and then it falls because of gravity and pulls the pulley. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying now. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. Nice. So any, any other questions? I will say, like I said at the beginning, this is kind of a stepping stone 
podcast for us uh, kind of brings everyone up to speed. Maybe you learn a little bit about your home energy situation and how that all works. But this is more so for a larger set of podcasts that I'll do that are slightly more interesting, I would say. And that'll be going on in four weeks time. Uh, but until then, again, questions, anything, comments? I, I feel pretty pumped up for this one. I want to yeah. pump some iron or uh, feel pretty yeah, energized. You, you, you can calculate your energy, man. Now you know how to do it. Yeah. To write so down I, I just, for my quick, workouts. Quick question. So you kind of touched on like solar and hydro and uh, wind briefly. Um, nuclear power. Does that kind of just not relate to what you were getting into or? Yeah. No, it's there. So it, it right now it's, uh, I think, 20%. It's like. 19% of the U.S. energy generation is nuclear right now, and it's kind of in the middle. So it's non-renewable because there's only a finite amount of uranium in the world, but it doesn't generate carbon. So it's it's similar to a renewable source in that it doesn't uh, generate carbon dioxide emissions or greenhouse gases, but it, it, on the flip side, it's not renewable. Um, and people have a whole stigma just because the whole like, you know, Chernobyl or whatever, Three Mile Island, but that's, you know, that's quite unlikely now. But yeah, gotcha. so in terms of energy generation, it, it is good. And it makes, I just, you know, like I said, a fifth of the, of the U.S. I just wanted to ask. I, I, don't, I didn't know if you uh, touched on that or not, so that's why I brought it up. Yeah. Yeah, good one. Good one. Do you know if there's any countries that are almost all renewable energy? Yeah, Norway and Sweden, one of those two countries, they're not 100%, but they're like, I think like, viewers at home you can look it up and quote, don't quote me but they're way higher than we are i think like 80 percent or, or maybe or higher uh they're those kinds of countries like scandinavia they're very you know green forward thinking kind of thing they're like their adoption of electric cars is extremely high uh their adoption of like greener ways of living is also very high much higher than the u.s but of course they're smaller countries and it's easier to get uh, a similar mindset with a smaller group of people than an entire country like the u.s yeah, I'm curious, is there any country in the world that is 100% on the non-renewable or the, oh, excuse me, the renewable, wait, yeah, non-renewable side, yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah. Yeah, like the dirty side? Yeah, the, the coal, yeah. the, yeah, all the the yeah, bad so energies that we consider, that, like, all nuclear or, yeah. Well, so that, just because... Uh, burning stuff like coal and natural gas is typically yeah. easier than developing the, the research and the infrastructure for other re renewable sources. Any sort of emerging country that, uh, like a third world country or emerging, you know, economy, those are going to be burning, you know, coal and things like that because it's just okay. so much easier at, yeah. at their in their uh, industrial yeah. revolution. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And even the U.S., part of the renewable is 20% renewable in the U.S. right now. And part of that 20%, it's like half of that is wind, 5% is solar, five, mm -hmm. four, the other 5% is biomass, maybe less, maybe 3% or so is like biomass. Mm -hmm. And biomass is, you know, burning trash. <laughs> and yeah, also biodegradable, food. yeah. Yeah, well, just, yeah, yeah, trash. I mean, also wood is on that list, burning wood, burning trash. So, I mean, burning, burning crap is another form that you can get energy from because it releases heat and you can use that heat energy to power up, solar, um, you know, an energy generation plant. But so like other third world countries like that, they can burn trash and that's technically renewable because you're going to, you're going to keep creating trash 
but it's not necessarily clean. If there's nothing else, guys, I appreciate you guys listening to it. And hopefully all three of you will be able to join me in my next uh, part of my series where I talk about, well, actually, I won't even tell you what I'm going to talk about. It's going to be a surprise, but hopefully you guys can climb aboard, wink, wink, onto my next podcast. Yeah. Hey. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. Teaser for you, <laughs> Jeez, I want to come aboard this ship now. Oh, that's not that's Thank not what it is. Oh, it's the wrong one. Just kidding. Um, you never you know. know. You won't know until three weeks from now or four. Oh, already. Interesting. But, yeah. So I hope you guys feel energized. Hope you guys are informed. I hope you guys stay classy, my friends. Have a good night. Bye.